Hey homies, it's Michelle Bennett, graphic designer, turn marketer, turn interior decorator, and apparently now podcast host. That's right, peeps. I selfishly started a podcast so that I would have an excuse to pick the brains of designers, decorators, and industry experts so that I can get to the next level. And the best part is you guys are coming with me. All right, guys, I'm here today. I'm very excited to say that Darla Powell is here with me. Hi. Hi, Hi, how are you? Good. So for those of you living under a rock, Darla (laughs) is obviously Darla Powell of Darla Powell Interiors, but also one of the hosts or the uh, one of the hosts, because you guys always host together, right? Yeah. Would you say... No, I don't know. The Gosh. host of the Wing Night Social, who was listed in Interior Digest, right? Architectural Digest. Architectural Digest <laughs> as one of the podcasts to be listening to. Yeah, I know. I couldn't believe it. That was amazing. That We just found that out. What was that? Last weekend, I think. we I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw I was tagged on uh, someone's post. Hey, congrats to these podcasts for getting an Architectural Digest recommended podcast. And I was like, what in the hell? <laughs> Wait and a minute. I thought, you know what? Darla Powell probably knows exactly what to do. Like I was fully like, you know what? She's executing on that marketing strategy. And somehow <laughs> I was like, I need to find out what she did. But that's freaking even more amazing that you didn't know it was happening. Somebody else named it. Like, mm-hmm. congratulations. Yeah, I yeah just, just putting out the podcast. And, and Natalie Riddell, actually, who was a guest on the podcast, I guess she had been a fan as well, which I, I didn't know. And um, they reached out to interview her to see, hey, which podcast would you recommend for And she just, it was organic. It was totally organic. And we did, she didn't even tell us. She was like, I didn't want to say anything just in case they didn't use yeah. my quote. But Oh, my God. Uh, we what sent a her great organic. Freaking way to start the year. Was it this year? I guess you would have heard that then. Yeah, I think it was just like a week ago. I think it's so, like right? the best way to start a year of all time. Like nothing beats that. Yeah, okay, we're, we're still floored by it. And you know, they listed you know the Chase Lounge, a well-designed business in there. It was incredible. So it's amazing. The Chase Lounge was the podcast that I first started listening to when I first started this. That really inspired me, and I think he was kind of. I mean, it would have been almost three years ago now, but before that even, because it would have been before I really like even launched my business, actually, I would clean my house and I would listen to the Chaise Lounge. It was like the first time I had heard of e-design and like, you know, design in a box and all of this crazy stuff. I never listen to his podcast anymore. I'm sorry to say I should get back on that. But, and it was before I really knew of any of these other podcasts. So I love that you were in that company. That's freaking amazing. Our mind is still blown. Well, for me, I mean, I listened to the Chase Lounge back in the day too, but my real um, muse and the person that launched me was Luann Nagara. Of course. So it was just... And I remember listening to you on her podcast, obviously. Like, yeah, no, I I haven't listened to as many podcasts as I used to, Um Mostly I find sometimes I have to, with a business related podcast, I have to really be focused and not be multitasking to take it in. But no, I used to be a very religious, uh, you know, listen to her podcast. Now I'm kind of a little choosier because I feel like I'm juggling so many podcasts that I'm like, listen to like the ones that resonate with me and kind of like go back and forth. But okay. 
I'm going to get you. Let's get going. Let's get started because we only have like hopefully about an hour here. Uh, I know what I really resonated with chatting or wanting to chat with you was the fact that you also just completely changed careers. I want to say you didn't go to school for this either, right? Would be correct. Freaking killing it. So. For the sake of, let's pretend somebody didn't know, remind me and our listeners your backstory. Where did you come from? What what gave you the courage to do this and all the good stuff? And all right, well, I, I, I switched over from an 18 and a half year career in law enforcement. I That's right. My, yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was with <laughs> Miami-Dade County Police and I retired as a detective sergeant. And what gave me the courage to do it? I tell you what when you're just so miserable <laughs> and so unhappy in your current existence and where you are and something's got to give, finally, after years of thinking about it, talking about it, people telling me I should do it, I had myself planned out financially, strategized to where the time just came and the time was right. I was 47 or 48 when I retired. Well, you look good. Just, well, thank you so much. I'm 50 now. What? <laughs> it's all the Diet Coke and Jack. Oh, great. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> hey, we are actually taking a sip now. <laughs> because you can never cheers and not take a sip. That is bad energy, bad yeah. karma, whatever. Okay, so oh, so you were unhappy in your previous job, or like you were, I assume you started happy and then just things became, what was it? You know, truthfully, I did not even start happy. <laughs> oh, I was no. one of those kids that just had no direction out of high school. You know, I had no idea what I was going to do. I was good in sales. And the police department was hiring. I'm like, well, shit, it's a job. Let me go do it. And it ended up being a career, you know, with benefits, you know, insurance, the whole nine yards. Even though it wasn't my true calling, I still stuck with it because, you know, it's a job security. I mean, the cops are rarely fired. So that made it doubly scary when I went to retire, or, you know, yeah. early. Yeah, And I just stuck with it and stuck with it, stuck with it. And as you know, you get a midlife crisis here. I was 47, 48 years old. I'm like, oh my God, life is short. You know, this person died. This person just got shot and killed. You know, what do I really want to do with my life? And Natalie and I decided, okay, if you want to do the design business, let's start it as a side hustle and let's just see what happens Mm -hmm. with it. So we started the social media marketing right away. And Without really intending to, I was a savant at that. <laughs> Something <laughs> happened. I did really well the social media marketing, and we started getting clients. And I told Natalie, Natalie, I can't do both. I can't do. I can't be in law enforcement, do that job well and safely, and mm-hmm. you know, take interior design clients. And I wouldn't want to hire a part-time interior designer either. So she's like, "Okay, call your lieutenant." And we gave him two weeks' notice. <laughs> I oh may have made God. some hand gestures. <laughs> so okay, so you didn't retire like planned retire, and then all of a sudden go. Well, I'm kind of bored. You you mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, no, there was wow, a whole thing. I had scary. been planning it. We were going to go for 20 years. I was like, okay, when I turn 50 at 20, then I'm going to retire and do the whole thing. But we started yeah. getting clients way earlier than I anticipated because I figured it would take at least a couple years to ramp up. Yeah, no, it it went pretty hot right out of the right out of the gate, mm-hmm. which is great because I you couldn't get me out of there fast enough. You know, it was a rewarding ah. career in a lot of aspects, but it just it's stressful and it's you know you you know it's not easy. So yeah. Yeah, it could not have come at a better time. And since but then, like, do you not find? I mean, okay, com- can you tell me compare the stress of being a cop to be like you can't tell me that this isn't also stressful. 
you, you know what? This interior design business and running your own interior design business can be stressful and it's an incredibly complicated business model. But my worst day as an interior designer is better than my best day <laughs> yeah. as a law enforcement officer because I'm getting shot at a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. And luckily no clients have come after you with a gun yet. So yeah, that's I can't, good. I can't remember the last, t- last client I've had to do a takedown on to the ground. That's good. Yeah, or arrest. But it is good to know that you could if you had to. You know what? You never know. That could come up. Yeah. You know, I've, had, I've had some clients that have been, you know, maybe close to it, but not yeah. yet. So, Just kidding, clients. <laughs> not am kidding. I, am I, though? Yeah, no, I am. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so it's way less stressful. And, every, you know, even now I see, like, a cop car running by me with its lights and sirens, and I'm like, not it. Oh my God. Does it give you anxiety even just seeing that though? Or is it just so gone and it feels so good? It feels so good that it's not me having to deal with it. Yeah. It's, oh God, you know, I did my time so and it, I didn't do the full 25, but I did 18 and a half. That's good enough. Yeah. So, so I reinvented myself basically in, in midlife, right? And a lot of women I'm finding have come to me and said, how did you do that? I'm too old. You know, we're not relevant anymore. I'm too old for a second career. And one of the things that I found most um, rewarding from doing this is motivating other women my age to just say, you know, screw it. She can do it. I can do it. We're not, you know, invisible. We're relevant. You know, I, we had a client today come to us um, to Wingnut Social who's starting um, her own business kind of on the side and she's with a new partner and she's 65. So that um, just like slow clap. <laughs> like, makes me so freaking happy because I can say for myself, same. I mean, you know, I, as, as stressful as this is that, whatever. But yeah, no, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I don't wake up crying, you know, different things. I'm not getting, I wasn't getting shot at at my job, but it, it was like very toxic as far as just my own inner demons. But like, yeah, I wish everybody would just follow and do what they love and believe that it can, it can be. And I think that's the biggest thing. So, okay, you said that... You started, you started on Instagram. That was like your key thing when you first started, started your business? on Facebook. It took me a hot minute to get the hang of Instagram in the mm-hmm. beginning. I was like, how does this work again? I wasn't really a fan of Instagram. Now it's our number one revenue producer for Darla Powell Interiors. Um, but yeah, we started on the Facebook because it's what I knew. It's where, you know, my community was and everything. A Facebook business page just posting, hey, we're starting Darla Powell Interiors. We got some calls. A lot of mistakes were made, <laughs> a lot of undercharging, a lot of, oh, oh man, a lot. Yeah, you have to share with us. <laughs> how did you, what was your, when you first, your very first client, how did you charge? And if you could be so bold as to tell us exactly how much you charged, it was, if it was Oh my that. God, I, I want to say my very first client, she wasn't, um, I want to say we were charging, oh, let me ask Nat, Nat, do you remember what we charged our first client? I want to say it was 75 bucks an hour. Maybe okay. not even. Yeah. And I think we charged her for a master bedroom, complete design, two whole bathroom remodels. I want to say maybe 20 hours. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know what? I feel your pain on that one. And where did she find you? She found you on Facebook? Or uh, yeah, actually a referral friend? from somebody who's a friend of mine on Facebook. Yeah, so the word started getting out that way. And, and you know, she was nice. And the project came out great. Photographed well. So, I, you know, I have that going for me. But, yeah, way undercharged. She and, had a good budget even? Um, yeah, pretty decent. So, yeah, That's even great. at the time because we were taking some advice from Susan Winterstein of Savvy and Tears. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, just, just, yeah, you know, everybody hopefully is. you'll blast this uh, podcast somewhere <laughs> so that I can formally say, Susan, I will be reaching out to you when I grow a pair and have the courage. <laughs> reach out. Come on. She was just on ours. Yeah, reach out. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. Yeah. So, you you know, had to like her. How did you know her? Through Ivy, through the Facebook oh, group. So we, smart. Uh, yeah. So um, I asked. I took a phone call with her and she discussed a little bit about markups for furnishings and stuff. And on that very first project, we did implement some of that. So that did help. Good for you. It was a learning curve for sure. I mean, it was a loss. We took a loss on that job, but I mean, it gave us some portfolio work. It gave, it's, it's, you know, and I tell my, my lead designer who always gets mad at me when I say this, because she actually went to college for her design degree. Yeah. <laughs> I say, you know, it's cheaper than college. And then she gives me a dirty look. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you know what? It, it is. It's, it's learning yeah. in real life. Oh know? my God. I mean, yeah. I can't even, uh, how many years has it been for you now? It'll be two years in April. Oh Jesus. I know. Right. That makes me feel it's terrible insane. about myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> is like not a good thing um no that's amazing that's okay there you go you gave me the perfect opening I want to hear everything about hiring your first designer do you you have one designer that works for you we have two actually we have one who's my lead designer who's full-time right now we're thinking of hiring another one yet but I'm not quite ready to jump that shark yet and we also have a freelance designer who does our commercial design and you know, our Revit and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, we just broke into commercial design because of our Instagram marketing, actually. Okay. Um, so what was it? Basically, someone reaches out to you, says, hey, I have this project. And you say, yes, I can take it. And then you go find yourself somebody who like can help. Like, what does that look like? You just- Basically, what I wanted to do is I wanted to, I, I didn't want Darla Powell Interiors to be um, a one-person show or just me and Natalie. I wanted it to be a scalable market model. And eventually what I picture myself at the end and what I'm building up to is to be like the, the Parangipi, right? You're looking down, you have all your designers and you're overseeing aesthetically and you're making no, yes, that lamp, no to that rug. And you're, you're hands-on with the design, but maybe you're not doing everything so you have your designers taking this project or that project or that project because the only way to scale it out is not to do everything yourself yeah so I said well let's do that and also I'm aware I don't have a degree in interior design and I wanted more credibility for the firm and also I'm aware that because of that there's some disadvantage to my knowledge I have a natural talent but you can't replace that knowledge so I wanted people on the firm to have the you know the masters in architecture that have you know the interior design degree so I can go to them and say hey you know what's your thoughts on this what's your thoughts on that and we can give that that level of service to the client so I thought that was really important from the get-go my mind is so blown and when we first hired um, my lead designer her name name is Johanna we we it took us a minute to catch up to that investment, you know, to, to get the clients to cover that. Okay. But because we did it early on uh, and we established ourselves with that kind of credibility and professionalism. That's a word, right? Professionalism? Yeah, it's a word. It's now ballooning, you know, so that investment has really paid off. And now we're looking pretty shortly here, I think, to hire someone to assist her. And then she'll be in that lead, you know, design situation and we'll have a junior designer. Okay. I have so many questions. Okay. I really like what you said. I feel like that mentally helps me a lot. So it sounds like you're saying to me that you hired a little bit before and it maybe was a little bit financially difficult at first before you had enough clientele. So like, what was the catalyst for that first hire and how scary was it? 
um, it wasn't right. It wasn't before. It was just as we started picking up on the client load and I was like, I can't do this all by myself. So there was a definite need there. But it was also at the same time I read um, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with the I've book. I've heard of it. Never read it, though. Yeah, read it. Um, I'll it's listen really to good. it. It's really good. So what happens in that book is he recommends you delegate outside of your scope of genius. And a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, what am I good at? I'm good at the big picture. I'm really good at design. I can go in a room and design it in my head and and tell what I want. I can go in. I'm really good at marketing. I'm really good at the rainmaking. Those are my scope of genius. What I'm not good at is the CAD, the Revit, you know, drawing up a floor plan, you know, the, the technical stuff. So let me delegate that. Let me hire that out and work great. It's like, definitely, yeah. Do you, have you, are you the type who struggles with delegating? Not at all. <laughs> no, More than Mary. I am no, not I love it. good yeah. at delegating. Yeah. But well, I got lucky though, because Johanna is extraordinarily capable. And I think I'm spoiled in the way that she and I both have a very similar aesthetic and she's incredibly talented. And I almost trust her to the point to where she's like in my head, we'll come up, mm. we'll be forcing something for a project and we'll send each other the same thing at the same time. So yeah, yeah I, I got really lucky there and that she completes my vision in that way. So I think that's important too, is who you hire. I mean, so how did you find her? Um, on LinkedIn. It actually was meant to be because we put out an ad and we were going to interviews and she called us like the last minute. Hey, is it too late? You know, I just saw your, your listing for a designer and I want to interview. And I'm like, yeah, we're headed there now. Can you make it? Bring a resume. In. The rest is history. And do you, do you have an office like a, that we, you rent out? We do. We have a home office that we work from mostly, but we mm-hmm. have a Regis office in the Dadeland area, which is a more prestigious address. That if we Got have it. to meet clients there, we can. If we have to meet reps there, we can. But we don't use it every day. So does she work from home or does she work at your house? Both. It depends. Okay. If we work from home, I call it a barn day. Like meet us at the barn. We'll work from the home <laughs> office. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cop thing, a cop carryover. I don't know okay. how, but it is. And, like, um, even though I hate you, I'm still, <laughs> I still need a little negative the cop stuff in my life. <laughs> yeah, so we have some, like right? twice, two or three times a week, we'll have a barn day. And um, the other day she works from home and she's, she, right, uh, today she went shopping. I, we're getting ready to do a photo shoot next Friday and um, she went to go get some styling stuff. So she's very independent also. Okay. So what, what types of projects do you mostly work on? Residential right now. We, we did do, uh, we're dipping our toes into commercial. We did get a referral from Instagram for that. Um, we did con- some consulting work, almost 40 hours on that. Cause um, you have to, in Florida, you don't have to be licensed um, um, interior designer to do residential, but you do to do commercial. So that's okay. why I have uh, our designer Fiorella on staff for any commercial work. So she was taking lead on that. And, but mostly residential. That's mostly what we're getting calls for now. I do want to get a little bit bigger in commercial, but I haven't focused my marketing efforts there just yet. And so when you say residential, is it mostly renovations yes. or is it renovations, but also like heavy furnishing and accessorizing and like finishing touches? Yes. <laughs> yes. All of the above. It's, we don't do a lot of just decorating. Most of our stuff is involving some kind of construction or a wall knocking down here and there. And I think that's because that's what I enjoy doing. Yeah. You know, my social media, that's a lot of what my posts consider. Like, look at us gutting this bathroom or this wall is going bye-bye, you know, mm-hmm. and People see that, and those clients that are doing that tend to gravitate towards us. Um, we did do a project recently, which was just paint and furnishings, but even then, we still built them a whole new fireplace. So I have right. to get some, or it's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't do any renovations, really. Like, I'll do minimal construction, and 
that being said, I am, I'm helping, I'm kind of like the designer leading the aesthetic on a new build, which was like freaking terrifying. Yeah, that would be. Especially like it's a, the connection is it's my mother-in-law's old boss at the bank. So he was like an old big wig at the bank. So he's very intimidating in general. And, and it's kind of like, well, let's screw this up. It's like my family's going to know, but you know what I mean? Like, it's very scary when you kind of are like, it's too close, but I, I took it anyway. And, and he, and I was very honest about my, my experience, but okay. So you, I assume that you like, had you done more than one of your own renos? Like what to me? Mm-hmm. Okay. You had done your own, like more than one of your own personal renos and. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then you were just like, I'm good at this. I love this. And you, I assume that you worked on your own renos with really great contractors that you continued to work with on client projects, or did you have to go out and find new, these are the things that kind of like, right. I'm like, we, got, like I, we did, we did have a really good contractor from the beginning. Um, it's kind of towards the end there. We, we did branch out for some more contractors cause we were starting get, to get too busy for my original contractor schedule. Mm-hmm. But we've been pretty lucky. We have new contractors now that work with Darla Palantirs that are even better, if I dare say so. Like their work is immaculate. So I'm I'm really thrilled with it. But we did kiss a few frogs in the beginning, you yeah. know, hire some contractors because they just weren't, you know how we are. We're we're picky and we're very detail oriented and it has to be you know, perfect for me, uh, you know, yeah. if I was a client, it has to be almost perfect at least. Well, yeah. and, and I find like if a client hires a designer, they almost expect more perfection. Yeah, absolutely. So, and they're paying for it. So. Exactly. So that's the thing that really freaks me out. So how did you go and find, do you just try to get referrals or do you kind of go online and read reviews? How do you try to weed out a good from a bad contractor before, I mean, obviously there's an element of like, even a referral can end up being bad because people's opinions vary, but. The contractor that we have working with us now primarily, although we do work with several, but takes most of our jobs. I found from Instagram, actually, I was following their account. I reached out to the, the manager and I said, Hey, you know, we're looking for new contractors. Let's meet up. And we met for coffee and I really liked her vibe and I liked the work they were posting. So we had a smaller project which didn't require, I think it was paint and a small construction thing. I said, let's try out, you know, and see how they do on this. And they just did such a good job. So now we're, we're comfortable with anything they do. The paint, everything was just really immaculate. And that's hard to find here in Miami. People that do really good work. It's, it's a lot wow, of fly by great. night. <laughs> so really just networking. And I know that LinkedIn is an incredible resource for meeting with contractors, realtors, et cetera. And admittedly, I've underutilized my LinkedIn, but that's another avenue too that I know a lot of designers have had success with in finding contractors. Okay. But, you know, you can read the reviews and stuff too, um, which are pretty reliable, but you still might, they still might slip through the cracks. So I would recommend try them on something small, even something in your house. You know, if yeah. you have something small to work with on your own house and just see how they show up, see how they communicate, see the level, you know, the quality of work that they do. Mm-hmm. Just kind of slowly let them get do bigger things but I wouldn't just get an unknown contractor to redo a whole house without without knowing them I know see that's the thing about me that's scary I at this point I'm I'm happy I I really feel like I found a niche in just furnishing because I feel like that's a, a like an empty like there's a lot of designers that really just want to do mostly reno and just by default do the furnishing and the vibe I often get from clients is that you know well, either they've not furnished because they've run out of money. So sometimes they just need somebody like two years later to help them. And the, and the 
designer generally just wants mostly like renovation type work. So I feel like it works for me right now. Um, Okay. So I would, I'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing. So you hire a new designer and like, did you have to kind of reassess how you charge your clients? Yeah, we did. We did raise our fees. Um, we went from like a hundred bucks an hour to currently we're like 175 an hour okay. now. Um, we upped our consultation from 295 for 90 minutes, actually 295 for two hours to four and a quarter for 90 minutes. Because I get, I get such anxiety, like two hours for me is too long. <laughs> yeah. In yeah, yeah. 90 minutes, I'm good to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we did raise our price. We're still, we're at 175 now, which actually for, it might be borderline too low. I'm still kicking around raising that a bit, but not just yet. Or I'm not so, ready. To yeah. Tell me how that works then. So you're saying, is it just like across the board, any hours are that? Yeah. And sometimes that's partially your time, but also includes like somebody else working on it. So you just have like, everybody's tracking their time and all of that gets pooled into the hours that are billed against the client. Yeah. And the way I, the reason I did that is because we were separating, we had like different hourly rates. Like I had a different rate, Johanna had a different rate, Natalie had a different rate. If it was admin, it was another rate. And it was confusing the hell out of clients, like yeah. super. And, it, you know, I found that they just like simpler is better. So while 175 might seem kind of low, what that 175 also might be maybe the lead designers working for a couple hours, you know, so that kind of offsets. Or maybe it's I'm like an average. Out. Yeah, an average, right, which still might be a little low. We're still reassessing that, but it's better than 100. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know yeah. I up my rates this year, too. So I'm at 150 because I have an assistant. And I was awesome. like, well... <laughs> and I want her to have, be working twice a week. But um, that's great. Okay, so let's talk about your partner's name is Natalie, right? Yes, the soulless ginger. Yeah. The soulless ginger. Let's talk about because my goal over here would be for my partner to be able to quit his job at the mm-hmm. soul crushing bank and then come <laughs> in support this business. Right. So I can crush his soul instead, obviously. But, yes. um, much better. I mean, it's probably hard because I, you have said already she doesn't have a soul, but maybe we could talk about what she does for the business. <laughs> what is her role? She owns the company as well as I do, and she's also the project manager. And let me tell you, she's an amazing project manager. I tell you, I've been very blessed, very lucky. <laughs> with, with knock on wood. I want to knock on wood. <laughs> she's, she's a really good project manager. She's on top of everything, but she hasn't quit her day job yet. She's still a firefighter. Yeah. So, which, you know, the, their schedule is great because she works 24-hour shifts every three days. So, I have mm-hmm. her for like two or three days a week, maybe four or some, some weeks. So, it works out great. I don't really want her to quit her job just yet. <laughs> yeah. But that may It's be- like, uh, like putting all the eggs in one basket probably seems scary. Yeah. 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 I'd like to, um, what did they call that when you're diversifying? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You never know. It's only been two years and you yeah. know, still, I'm still freaking out with our success now. So I don't want to go crazy, but yeah. yeah. Um, between Darla Palantir's and Wingnut Social, I probably think that maybe this year or next year, maybe she says she's never quitting. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to know, what do you chalk up Okay, first of all, how many clients is your sweet spot? How many clients do you want to be juggling at any given time? Like, what do you, how many clients do you want to have? And I assume there's different phases occurring. Like, I want, what does that look like for you? Have you kind of cracked that nut? 
Well, for, on right now, on any level, we have about anywhere from eight to 12, depending mm -hmm. on what it is. From the smallest things, like we have a consultation scheduled or a consulting client to a full reno. Okay. So I would like to say anywhere from 10 to 20 with designers handling it. I, wow. you know, I'm just letting it kind of grow organically and seeing where we're at. Like right now, we're just almost at that precipice of, that, of hiring someone else, with the, but not just yet. You know, I want to make sure that pipeline is full, stays full. Let's see what the economy does. You know, I'm trying to err on the side of caution. Um, but yeah, I would say 10 to 20, I don't see why not just, just, but you know, that's not all full, you know, renos. That's obviously mm -hmm. clients in your, in your list. So. And okay. When you hired, mm -hmm. I, did you just kind of hire designers and go, okay, we're like, just like I started my business, uh, you know, process, like just of learning as I go, which I mean, I'm sure you had a couple people you talked to here or there, but did you have somebody who you were able to talk to in order to get some advice on the best way to charge? To just, no, uh, we, we've done this. I'd had no coaching, nothing. Um, just listening to the podcast, listening to yeah. well-designed business, listening to Chase Lounge, et cetera, et cetera. No, uh, we definitely have made some mistakes. <laughs> like okay. I said, undercharging. Yeah, uh, undercharging being one of yeah. them. What is another big mistake you would say that you're like, oh, not doing that? Definitely, definitely saying yes when I should have said no to red flag clients. Oh, yeah, I've had some sleepless nights. Again, still better than being a cop, but yeah. That's, <laughs> now I, we have a rule that if, if we go and we, you know, meet with a client or something and it's a really red flaggy client and Darla says no, it's no. Because I've had um, Natalie and Johanna both override me and be like, oh, no, it'll be fine. It's not a problem. And I got to say, I told you so. <laughs> You'd rather just not have to deal, right? Yeah. I told you so is fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's fun. I tell them all the time. I'm like, oh, really? Who, who would have known? Who, who would have seen that coming? And they yeah. hate it. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Have you, have you implemented the saying no? Well, we'll see. We'll see if they okay. don't override me. I mean, so far, so far oh. they haven't listened to me. Um, yeah, I know. Because Natalie's, Natalie's the project manager, so she wants to see the money coming in. But... You know, it's like, hmm, at what cost? So I know. Okay, because I was going to ask you, like, yeah. how you would say no. So, because what I struggle with is, like, those red flag clients that already paid my consultation fee, which was more about, like, really, because they were planning on a full service. Mm -hmm. So I tend to approach those a little differently than someone who's like, you know, it's just going to be a consultation, where... It was a lot, I mean, yeah, you're talking about ideas, but it's really like trying to understand the scope so I can give you a proposal. So when it's a red flag and you want to say no, I find it really hard to say no to somebody who just paid me four twenty-five. dollars right. Well, I do two hours, but... You know, you know I, I haven't crossed that bridge when I get there, though, because I haven't done it on a consultation or anything. We, you know, we, we push the proposal to them and they've, they've all hired us, um, you know, the red flag clients. And um, yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know because I don't really have someone that I go to in Miami to refer them to, to say, oh, you know, we're maybe we're not the best fit or, you know, um, here's someone else to go to. So I haven't really been in that position to refer them to someone else. So I honestly don't have a very good fallback method. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's yeah, hard to it's say hard. no. Yeah, it is really hard to say no, and I feel bad about it. So I was just I know. figuring, you know, when, you know, when I sent them the proposal, they'll say, oh, you're too expensive. I don't want to hire you. But no, it didn't happen. So 
That's kind of hard. You're like trying to, to <laughs> break yourself out of it. And you're like, well, <laughs> or, or like, I can't help you for two more months. Well, we'll wait. Or yeah, okay, crap. Like I can't get rid of this person. But I luckily, mean, is it a red flag I don't know. Yeah, we don't run across that very often. It's only, yeah. and, it, and that was really mostly going way back in the beginning, one here or there. And, and I'm probably being dramatic and over-exaggerating. We haven't had any awful clients, but you know, you do have some clients who are more ideal than others that fit totally. you know, what your business model is more so. So yeah, I, you know what? Yeah, you're, you're so right. It's like, I do find that any clients that I have found, I, I haven't also had terrible clients, but I have mismanaged certain experiences that have created monsters. And I <laughs> own that to some degree okay. because it was inexperience and not handling the situation quite as well as I should have. And now I just, I'm like, I'm in it. I got to just ride it out. Like ride it out. It's funny you say that. Cause I think I'm the same. Like at the time I was too shy to be assertive or to set up expectations. And then it yeah. got, got into that same kind of situation. Yeah. So it's a little bit of experience again. It's yeah. cheaper than college, which Johanna's cussing me out right now. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's so true. It's like yeah, that, that table that I ate. Yep, that somebody in one of the groups always says like that's your tuition. Yeah, or, that's your tuition. Yeah, nobody yeah. <laughs> says that. But um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I had a question and now it's escaping me. It's Uh-oh. completely gone. Um, it'll come back to me. Uh, okay, so what? What do you think, though? I don't know if you answer this if I ask this, but like, what do you think it is that you have done or are doing that's kind of making the difference? So, like, you know, there's other people who have been in business for two years who are like, I can't get a client to save my life. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that you think is is doing it? Well, that's I'm sure really- the market doesn't hurt. I mean, Miami's a pretty decent market, even though there's a shitload of competition here. Another thing, too, is that I'm just so outside my branding and my whole, the way I present myself, I'm so outside your stereotypical, what people think of as an interior designer, for the most part, that I think I catch their attention. Yeah. And I've had a lot of people come to me who have been higher-end clients, but who've also said, you're very approachable. You know, we felt very comfortable with you. And, you know, because... The stereotype is that pillbox hat wearing, you know, oh dear, your house is horrible, you know, and I'm not like that at all. And that turns off some people, Mm -hmm. but they're not my clients, but it really attracts the people that are my clients. Yeah. So when I say, and I I harp at it endlessly on my podcast, be authentic, be yourself, even if you think you're goofy as hell or, you know, but if that's you and genuinely who you are, you're going to be happier in the long run because you're going to be attracting your tribe. Yeah. So honestly, I just think, I just haven't been afraid to be my goofy ass self. Mm-hmm. I'm serious also. And my design is serious and my design has been pretty decent. I'd like to think and well received, but man, I just, I don't mind saying wearing a star Wars t-shirt, you know, to go to a job site. So <laughs> I give you a thumbs up to that. Cause that's right up my alley too. Yeah. Yeah. Like hundred percent up my alley. Um, when you first started on Instagram, like when you were first doing social media, mm-hmm. Did you just take so like a crap ton of photos of your own home that you just kept blasting or like what kind of content were you posting? A crap, because we started out doing um, our house for the portfolio, right? So I said, I need something. So we hired a contractor. I designed my whole house and here we go. Here's my portfolio. And then a lot of inspo work because, you know, when you're first starting, we don't really have a lot. Yeah. You might have clients, you might have consults, you may have a couple little things here, but nothing you're going to really photograph. And even now it's still because we do a lot of renos and, and, stuff that takes six months. Yeah. You know, we've only been in business for what, 18, 19, 20 months. Yeah. So it takes a while to build that portfolio. So a lot of inspo shit. 
um, forgive my French, sorry, a lot of inspiration. No, it's, I promise it's okay. (laughs) And a lot of designers hate that, right? I know some people are very offended by it, but you know what? But here's my, here's my take on it. And and you and I both have had Waddell and Bichetti on, Mm -hmm. and I have shared their inspo pics, but when I do so, I'm like, oh my God, look at this room by Waddell and Bichetti. Look at they've managed to create here and I make it about them yeah. and how, you know, and they've been appreciative. Thank you so much for sharing my posts, my work. Um, so I think that if you can do that, you know, a little bit of the time, I mean, you have to have something cause you have to post pretty much every day or twice a day. And if it reflects your aesthetic and as long as you're giving props to the person that you're, you know, you're using their, their work for, yeah. they're pretty appreciative of it. Now, as I get more and more of my own work, I like to, to up the percentage of my own stuff, my yeah. own pictures. But I still still am posting inspo stuff because, you know, a photo shoots and stuff getting done. I mean, we have like three photo shoots coming up this month, but we haven't done them yet. Yeah. yeah. Do you find the projects that you've got early on, <clears throat> excuse me. Okay, I'm still recovering from like a terrible cold and oh, there's sorry. still so much phlegm going on in here. So <laughs> I'm like containing wow. it. Um, <laughs> no, so um, the... This is, for me, I feel like I I have a lot, I'm working on a lot of projects, but I don't post a lot of photography because for me, very early on specifically in my first year, um, my clients weren't very high budget at all because also like I'm working with people who are just furnishing, right? So they're even lower budgets and they were in some cases, now I realize what is realistic for me to be working with. And I have like, I I basically tell people this is kind of the minimum, but so there was like, you know, the budgets weren't high enough. So, you know what? I don't care. Yeah. It's great to be good at at low budgets and be able to create a, create a big room, a great room. But for me, I don't feel like I do my best work with a really low budget. So there you go. I said it. So I haven't shared a lot of that. And, or another bigger thing is that I feel like I'm getting projects that like sometimes I've said yes to that really don't feel like they show my true aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And while sometimes like it ends up great, I don't necessarily want to post it because I'm not trying to get more of that. Do you right. find that that was a struggle early on or have you just, have you been pretty lucky because you showed a lot of your aesthetic early on that you ended up getting like projects that just felt really right and that you feel neat? Even now, um, not that we've been, you know, I say even now, like we, you know, I've been at it for 30 years, but we still get projects that aren't necessarily the DPI aesthetic, but I have clients that I want to keep happy and that's really the ultimate end game. So those we might not do a photo shoot on. So there's a lot of projects that we do have that don't make it, you know, to Instagram portfolio. Um, where was I going with that thought? What was the second part of that question? I was just curious. Yeah, like if whether or not some of your projects, like do you generally get projects that oh, okay, yes. aesthetic? So that's where I was. Okay, so in the beginning when I had my blog, which actually took off pretty quickly, I was doing a lot of DIY articles and I was getting a lot of DIY clients. Yeah. So yeah, some of those didn't pan out so much. So now when I post on Instagram, I tend to post more of the, or Facebook or wherever, more of the kind of jobs that I want to get, which are the remodels and all the, you know, things. So that, that's the clients that we're getting more so now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did have that in the beginning where stuff I wouldn't photograph. I mean, we did get lucky though also, because like even in that first job that I took that, you know, we way undercharged for it was, it, we got some gorgeous photographs for, I mean, even Porcelain also shared um, some of our photographs from that project. 
Um, but yeah, there, there's some. I mean, we did just finish a master bath remodel, master bedroom remodel that we did not photograph. Right. <laughs> you know, that's going to happen. You can't, I'm not Barclay Butera, you know, or Bunny Williams. I'm not going to yeah. say, no, dear, this is my aesthetic, you know, take yeah. it or leave it. Because, you know, we're, we're in the business to make money and we're still pretty new. Totally. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I just lost my train of thought again. Oh. <laughs> is it? What are we drinking again? <laughs> oh, what I was going to say was, do you ever feel bad when you don't? photograph a house like the client yeah right yeah I do I feel badly about it but but only about for two reasons one it's lost for me because I want more stuff in my portfolio and the second one is yeah I'm wondering if the client's wondering you know if we didn't photograph but they're happy they really are happy with what we've done they're like okay it's great you know I'm so happy okay great I'm so happy you're happy and so I don't think they really know that we're not okay much you know yeah you know, this is me just like, you know, making up a bunch of stuff in my head, which is just my <laughs> life. But like, I'm like, oh, well, I didn't photograph it. So then they think that it wasn't my best work. Like I didn't do a very good job. So oh, yeah, I don't you're think, you know, that. Yeah, yeah. You're well, welcome to my brain. And truthfully, That's- if you walk around, take a few iPhone pics, they'll think you're photographing it. You know, so. That is so <laughs> smart. And you're so right. Yeah, totally. No. Here's the photo shoot. Click. Yep. Click. <laughs> click. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I want to move on to, why don't you, I want to talk a little bit about the Wayne Nuck Social. And it, it makes a little more sense to me now that I've talked to you that you have designers working for you. Cause I was like, how in the world are you juggling all of this stuff? But you have de- managed to delegate, which is good, but tell us a little bit about, I mean, again, people listening to this podcast probably are already listening to your podcast, but for, for, for random people, those two people that aren't tell, <laughs> tell everybody what the Wingnut social is and what you're doing there. Right. So Natalie and I, we were getting busy with a design firm and we wanted someone to farm out our social media marketing. And we, man, we hired a firm and they were so bad at it. It was awful. And we're, I told Natalie, I said, man, this is, there's a need for this. Someone who knows how to market for interior designers because interior designers have their, you know, there's all kinds of levels of layers of aesthetics and, and lingo and way we speak that your normal marketing firm is clueless on unless they have some kind of interior design experience and, and they, they really don't. And um, I had designers coming to me saying, wow, your Instagram is amazing. It's really taken off. Will you do mine for me? I thought, well, you know, I don't have time. So this combined thoughts, I told Natalie, I said, Natalie, um, you know, I'm getting all these requests for shows for social media and we don't really have time anymore with the design firm to do our own. Why don't we start <laughs> a social media marketing agency? How hard can it be? I know, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we did. We started. <laughs> we did. And we started it in, I think it was August. Was it August, Not August? Yeah, of 20, or September 5th. Okay, of 20. 18? <laughs> she doesn't know. Yes, twenty no, twenty eighteen. And it's slowly just been ramping up. Because you know, it takes a while for people to see that you're not going anywhere to get that, you know, no like and trust in the industry. And uh, starting in 2019, actually even more so, it's really taken off. Like you said before, the, the podcast was in Architectural Digest. We're speaking in New Jersey at the end of March at Luann Live. We're actually Natalie and I both are emceeing that event. We're doing um, at least one panel. <laughs> at High Point Market with oh my God. at Chandra Ruggs. Um, yeah, so I was telling Luann Nagar when she asked us to emcee her, her event, I'm like, uh, you realize I have no public speaking experience, right? <laughs> She's like, ah, you'll do fine. I'm like, okay, all right. Guess it must feel so amazing to have people like Luann 
believe in you though, right? Like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's overwhelming. It's terrifying. And it's very, um, I'm very grateful. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I can't believe it because really at March 27th of 2017, I was a cop. So to have all this, I know. It's, it's, so, it's so like the opposite, right? It's like <laughs> yeah. cop over here, like interior designer, right? Like, do you, what do people that you used to work with say to you? Are they like, I can't believe they're it. They're so envious. They're probably just so eaten up with jealousy. <laughs> I don't know about that, but they can't believe it. They, I, one of my friends, I, was, I told her today, oh my God, did you see the podcast was in, you know, uh, recommended by A&D? And they're like, what? That's crazy. They just can't believe it because they know a different Darla. Yeah. You know, they, they don't, it, you know. would you say like, this has really made you come out of your shell and, oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and you've like found yourself. Yes, absolutely. Because as a cop, I was kind of repressed, right? That, that personality, all that you're just nine to five or whatever, you know, going through the grind, but as an interior designer, you know, and especially having a podcast and, you know, doing video and interviews and stuff, your personality comes out. Mm-hmm. And as a cop, I was very dry, very, you know, you know, just and plus you were hating your job, so that doesn't help yes. you feel like I don't want to say that, but yes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'll say it, yeah. yeah. Thank you, yeah, yeah. I was, I was hating life pretty good, so yeah. Now I now I love it. There's a lot yeah. going on. We're really excited, terrified, but excited. So. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's that's like one of the things that I just like when I sometimes I get a bit pre. I don't know if you're like this, but I get a little preaching. I have to catch myself with my friends where it's like, oh, you should do what you love, and because like I really truly feel like this change has helped me my confidence helped me figure out who I am and I'm still figuring it out but like it's really kind of just changed me as a person in the best way possible like I feel like I'm doing like I'm being my truest self right now through all this creativity and like through the podcast like you said like all this stuff that's been so repressed in me and like it's like the greatest feeling that I want everybody to have. <laughs> it's so, uh, do you get, do you find that you, you, I don't know, maybe your friends are all doing what they love. I don't know, but do you ever? You know, there are a lot yeah. of them that are, a lot of, a lot of them, the cops that I worked with that just lived to be a cop their whole life, which was never me. Like, like yeah. I said, I kind of, you know, fell into the job, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it definitely running your own business is different than getting a, a guaranteed paycheck every two weeks. And you definitely get to find out, you know, what you're made of, <laughs> you know, where you, you know, in it, helps you dig from places you didn't even really know existed because yeah. you have to wear so many different hats oh my running god i know running two businesses so yeah, yeah it's, it's been an adventure I, I have no regrets that's so amazing and so what kind of stuff do you actually do for your clients at the wingnut social Wingnut Social, I basically have taken the same kind of business model that I have on Darla Palantirs, and I'm the head wingnut and the rainmaker, right? And I do oversee everything. Like, I look at the aesthetics for the post, and I make sure that if this designer has a certain aesthetic, I go with my people that, are, that work for Wingnut Social, and I make sure they have everything, the tone and the voice all on brand, but they're pretty good at it. I don't really have to get my hands in there too much. I don't really have time. We have Shana Heinrichsey, who's our social media director, who does oversee all of that, and she's amazing really, really good. But basically, if someone needs to take a phone call with me, because people are timid, they don't really, designers still don't believe in the power of social media. And it really is where it's at. So they might need me to talk to them and tell them. We actually just did an episode um, last Wednesday. I don't, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but um, me neither. <laughs> the 12th, <ninth laughs> I don't even know, um, on social media ROI and the actual clients that came in to Darla Palantir's like directly from our social media channels. And we did a PDF on that and everything. So some people just need to talk to me sometimes to, to, you know, what is the word um, to 
to get on board or yeah, to do to do that or just to not convince them the words uh, that's not what I'm looking for but just to reassure them yeah you know that that's what we have accomplished and you know results may vary because totally you, you know of course because how you you know you still have to do videos and you still have to be yourself on social media and we can't go to your house and make you do that um but yeah that's for for wingnut social basically the voice the podcast making it rain and just trying to be an example of what's possible mm-hmm. the platforms yeah hopefully i'm doing that okay <laughs> absolutely you're doing that and okay, I have two more questions for you and I'm circling back and then I know you are going to share some awesome stuff that people can come see you. Like obviously I'm seeing, you can give everybody the details on that and all of your channels. But okay, this is probably a loaded question a little bit and I meant to ask it before, that's why I'm circling back. So how do you currently um, charge for your interior design services? Is well, it, it hourly or okay, so it depends on the client or the project? Depends on both. We have an hourly model, and we also have a flat fee model, and it kind of depends on the job. If, if um, someone brings us in from the very beginning, and it's our contractors, our trades, our furnishings, everything, we'll pick apart the job by the hours and give them a flat rate with up to one or two revisions, and anything outside of that gets charged hourly. But there's some clients who I can tell maybe don't have a clear direction, might need some more hand-holding, or maybe they've brought us in on the middle of the project, and then we charge in hourly blocks, usually 10 or 20 at a time, depending on what I think the client's comfort level is. Um, We just actually signed a new client that way because she brought us in in the middle of a project that was already kind of going, but she didn't like the direction it was going. So for that hourly rate, I mean, they have us for whatever, but we do keep really close track of our hours and make sure that we're on top of that. So it really, it really does depend. And, and I decide um, which one gets charged what. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah, and so yeah. with the time blocks, which is, I, I do that too. Um, mm-hmm. do, do you have like a trigger? Okay. Do you also, st- do, you, do you just say, we're going to do time blocks. We're going to start with 10. Or do you say, do you like to go, okay, based on the scope, like I think just for your own context, you try to estimate at least that like even if you're starting at 10, you might say like, I think this might be maybe like 30 hours. We're going to start at 10 and, and then do you have like a trigger? Okay, we have two hours left. Like, or do you just like, okay, those have been used up. We need 10 more. What does the process look for managing that? We normally that? try to say, okay, you have like three or four hours remaining, you know, just to let you know, just to give you a heads up and be aware. At the beginning of the project, we do have like a cheat sheet all settled down where we have rooms divided by small, medium, and large and how many hours that normally takes either for just a full reno or for just a decorating project. So, and we tell them this is just a, a guideline. This is normally how it should take, you know, if everything goes swell and, you know, nothing, you know, blows up on us. So we do let them for budgeting purposes know about how many hours in an ideal world it should take. So yeah. they're not like blindsided with, you know, all these blocks of time. Mm-hmm. But we also, you have to be very caref- careful setting up those expectations because you and I both know that nothing ever goes as planned. <laughs> no, you, know? you think yeah. it's going to take five, especially if I find the smaller projects are even worse. You're like, well, it's no big deal. And then you, you quote a fee and then it's just never, the smaller projects I find are the worst. Now it's like, if you were doing something small, we're 100% going hourly. We're doing time blocks. But like, I just know that I'm going to quote you something because if I didn't quote you that, you're going to think it's way too much for what I'm doing because you don't see it. And I find I always get screwed over for that. So it's just kind of like a... And then they just don't want to do it because it's, you know, and that's fine. But um, uh, the when it comes to um, the 
time blocks. Mm-hmm. Do you do 100% up front or how do you, uh, yeah? We do. What we do is we break it up into design time and project management when we do a flat fee. So we'll say it's going to take X amount of design time and that is due up front because we are designing up front. And then we go, we do the presentation. And once the presentation is approved, like I said, it might be one or two revisions depending on, you know, the job and the client. Then the project management kicks in and then that fee is due. And anything that we charge for furnishings or art or anything going in there is just 100% up front because we're paying for it. They're paying for it. We don't buy on credit or anything. I I don't like like the idea of it. So that's, it's pretty much pay as you go for products or for for, uh, invoices and POs approvals. But we try to keep those Minimal, minimized to like one or two so they're not overwhelmed with emails and POs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's design fees, project management, and then whatever's at the end, like incidentals, miscellaneous shipping, receiving, that kind of thing. Okay. And do you split your trade discounts or? I do not. I don't at all. And well, I don't why. either now. <laughs> Tell me why. I need further validation for my life choices. I because, because they're getting a full design firm with me, Johanna, Fiorella, and Natalie, and we're competitive with our pricing. But our pricing also includes white glove delivery, the staging, you know, the install. So what we'll do is if we find if we have a product that's not trade only, and we see, you know, you can buy it anywhere on the interwebs, is we do try to match uh, a competitive price on the online pricing. Yeah. So they don't shop us. But even if they do want to shop us, and I've had clients that have said, oh, I found it for $5 cheaper on Wayfair. I'm like, please, by all means, I know, go ahead and buy it. But if it comes damaged, you have to return it. You know, you have to deal with the shipping. You have to deal with all that. So, I mean, if that's worth it to you for $5, knock yourself out. And usually we order it. And so, okay, I'm going to clarify one last thing, and then we'll wrap up. So when it comes to... The, the trade pricing that you get and you're not extending the discount to the client, mm-hmm. is that clear profit or are you, does that include that, that profit that you're getting from those, those trade discounts for yourself, the wholesale pricing, is that covering the cost to the purchasing time or are you billing hourly for that as well? That's in the hourly, right? So when we do a flat fee for the, in the project management, project management includes the purchasing and, and all that, those buying, you know, getting the subs, getting the trades on there. So those hours are covered. It Right now we're kind of experimenting. It is including the shipping and receiving fees. We're, we're experimenting with making that a separate billable thing, like mm-hmm. in explaining to them the benefit of it, because that is eating into our margins a lot on product, um, mm-hmm. especially if we do stuff like, because some clients see some stuff from, you know, pottery barn and they have to have it and you're like fine <laughs> it's going um, to fall apart do, but cool I know. Yeah. yeah so we do work a lot with trade only where the markup's like two times two and a half times three times but it, that that is eating into our margins a little bit so we're going to experiment with billing for that separately you know here's here's your invoice here's the items keep in mind that shipping and receiving are separate that'll come in a separate invoice later which makes me a little nervous I don't like billing at the end <laughs> but, well yeah you know yeah. what I've done and it and somehow it's worked for me because someone else told me and I I just sometimes I find I just turn my brain around on certain topics so when I I've been basically okay if it's thirty thousand dollars of furnishing it's in the proposal as such Mm -hmm. I also add like I the last let's call it probably two or three my I think my one was like 27 for furnishing I added I think 2500 for shipping and installation costs 
Um, on my, I think it was like 37,000. I did like, I think it was 3,200. I just did a rough estimate. And it was also from talking to, I had no idea what it was going to cost. No clue. And I just keep that fund for basically there's the shipping to the receiver that comes out of that, which is like whatever, or, you know, whatever that looks like. And then the housing it at the receiver and then having it come to uh, my client's house and that fund, I just pull from that. And then I do a final tally. And what has been worked for me on that front was sometimes things will come up that are like, weren't expected. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell my client that this came like, you know, another 50, you know, $50 for something random that it would be fine. I'll just like take it from that mm-hmm. and kind of net it out that way. But it's, it's really worked for me because I just say it's in my contract that says I'm going to add uh, I think it's, I just changed it to say like five to 15%. It just depends on the scope of the project and how much money they're spending for shipping and receiving. And it includes um, the shipping to the receiver, the white glove delivery. Sometimes it even included, like for me, it included wallpaper installation. I Like I rolled that into the oh, price wow. as well um, and installation of art. So I just, and, and then I just didn't even have to ask for money ever again. I love that. I do like that. But it, it you haven't helpful. gotten any pushback from say, people saying they got it and then get it for 15% less on Wayfair? No? Okay, good. I mean, no. I, I, no, I haven't. Um, but also some of the, like, I just haven't. I mean, I'm sure I will. I, I'm starting to notice and pick those clients a little earlier. Yeah. But I've only done it three times. The last three projects, I just, I talked to Veronica Solomon. I did a, a, call, a call with her. I'm like, if people are doing this, so I allowed myself to believe I wouldn't get pushback and I never got pushback. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. I have to start doing that on that end too. Cause like I said, it does eat a little bit into our margins. So maybe totally. I'll try that. See, yeah. Way street here. Thank you for that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and uh, some of the stuff that you're going to be doing and where that event is with Luann and all that good stuff. Right. So obviously you guys can listen to me at Wingnut Social and me and Natalie Graff, the soulless ginger at Wingnut Social, <laughs> the podcast. And you can find us on social media at Wingnut Social. If you need any social media marketing, we'd be happy to do that for you. And Luann Nagar still shockingly invited Natalie and I to speak, <laughs> actually MC at her Luann live event in New Jersey. High, high point? No, high uh, something hills, New Jersey. Sorry. it's oh, Mar- you don't figure out where you're going to be. <laughs> yeah. I can't. My, Natalie, my emotional support ginger just left but it's <laughs> and if you go to luannlive.com that's l-u-a-n-n-l-i-v-e.com it has all the deets on there it's going to be an amazing uh, event with you know industry experts and uh, it's like a two and a half day workshop on how to um, you know improve your interior design business and skills for your interior design business and also we're going to be talking at high point natalie just flashed a sign at me before she left to give me this information <laughs> that i think we're doing two panels at high point but one definitely on the sunday at high point market in spring at chandra rugs with Curio Electra's Nicole Heimer on social media ROI and how to get your social media post to actually bring in clients to give you money which is important and uh, I think that's it for now. Okay, <laughs> two enough. things. Number one, I worked with Nicole Heimer, currently just finishing up working with her, and you her. were the one who inspired. I had heard her on Luann, and I had thought about it, and then we were messaging each other, and I don't know what you said. You were like, she, she did the copy on my website, her company yes. did that. And I was like, all right, well, it's done. I'm doing this. And it was the first time I feel like in my business maybe even in my life that I was like, I'm not going to overthink this. 
I'm just going <laughs> to freaking pay the money and do it and not be like, oh, is this the right decision? Like, whatever, just doing it. So I have a bunch of new copy on my website that I already put up, all kind of her company that did that for me. She's amazing. She is. And she's, yeah. She, and you guys both have nothing but amazing things to say about each other, which I quite oh. love. And then um, who are some of the expert people that are going to be at Lu- Luann's live? Uh, not to put you on the spot. No, I have, I have it pulled up right here because I was like, why the hell can I remember Short Hills, New Jersey? It's in, <laughs> it's in Short Hills, New Jersey. Okay, some guests that have been on my podcast. I don't, I'm not sure if they've been on yours, but um, Nicole Heimer, for one. She's going um, to be. We have, a, we have one good She'll be there. Um, yep. I don't know if you know Claire Jefford. Yep. She never wears pants. Perfect. <laughs> great. Michelle Williams, Kay Whitaker, Sean Lynn Simon, Stacey Brown Randall, see Fred Burns, Sarah Danielli, Nancy Ganzikoffer, who was on the podcast, Eileen Hahn, Peter Lang, and me and Natalie. Last but not least. Last but not least. And that is in Short Hills, New Jersey, at the the Hilton, I think it is. I'm sorry. My like I said, my emotional support ginger just totally left me in the middle of this. Yeah, and everything crumbles, right? (laughs) I know. She's the project manager, but it's gonna be a really cool two and a half days. I mean, it's gonna be like from eight in the morning to eleven at night, just the total brain you know, blast of experts and how, if you want to go, you know, learn how to improve your interior design business and you just, there's so many brains you're going to be able to pick from, you know, marketing to, you know, how you should do your contract, you know, how much you should charge. It's in just that the network. Amazing. It's going to be priceless. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a little nervous, not going to lie, but. You're going to kill it. (laughs) I hope so. I can't wait for you. That's awesome. Congratulations on your success. I know. When is it? It's March 30th, 31st, Shore Hills, New Jersey. I should go. You should. It'd be great. You could rub elbows and network. I know. There's nothing more fun than like meeting these people that you've... Like we have built such a community on all these Facebook groups and like there's the usual suspects too, right? right? Of like... Those people that you take note when they, you know, like your Susan or Su- Susan Winterstein, who like when she speaks, you're just like bowing. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, whatever you say. It, it was actually Susan Winterstein that posted on somebody who asked about trade sharing trade discounts. She said, "Oh hell to the no!" And I was like, "Damn it, I am not sharing my discount next year." Yeah, that's and then I did it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I real I feel like I should go. So I need to look into that. Okay, well, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me today. And oh, thank you so much. And I, and I think we're going to do an interview Sunday. We're going to reverse this. Let's yeah, we are. Look at it and reverse it. <laughs> Missy Elliott, my favorite. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. I'm fully trying to resist the urge to feel uh, like a failure because of how far she's come in such a short time. And it's, you know, the old comparison game, which I've talked about often. It's something I do a lot and I'm really, 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 really working on. Um, But I'm so happy to have met Darla. I really hope to meet her soon at High Point. She's been doing the old peer pressure thing to get me to go, but um, I feel like we're kindred spirits a little bit. I quite enjoy her, her vibe. She's right up my alley. She's, she's my kind of peeps. Anyways, guys, that is all for today. Um, for those of you who don't know, I do have a Facebook group. It's also called Business Homies. I'm thinking of rebranding though. I don't know. 
I, the whole way that business homies name came to be is no longer relevant. And so I'm thinking about rebranding, but anyways, um, if you want to go check out the group, go to business homies on Facebook and you can request access. Please make sure to say, uh, what your website is or that you're a designer or that you're in school, because I do only accept people who can actually, um, insert answers into those questions. Um, but that's where I'd go live. I try to go weekly. I share embarrassing client stories, which I did this week. It was a gooder. Um, and also the highs and the lows and any of the learnings that I kind of get along the way. And also you can obviously ask questions in there. Um, if you're feeling super generous and I'm pretty sure that you are, then you should absolutely give me a five-star review. If of course you feel like I deserve a five-star review and you should also, um, leave a review, a comment of some sort. Uh, and I think that's it peeps. I will see you guys next week. Bye homies. drinking um jack and diet <laughs> all right we cheers <laughs> cheers clink clink, <laughs> clink. all right mm-hmm.